Hey, sweet mama. We're going to continue the conversation about breastfeeding in the military. And today specifically, we're going to talk about how to navigate those situations that come up where we feel forced to choose between, where we feel like we may have to end our journey before we're ready or not on our own terms, um, simply because of the job, because of what our work is demanding of us. So we're going to talk about how to discern if it's time to wean, how to navigate these things like going on TDY away from your family, away from your baby for a month or multiple months on end, staring down potential rotations or deployments or field training. Because I think there are so many of those times when we may feel torn between our families and our work, and we have this immense sense of duty to both as military women. We are doing the best we can to balance both, right, and be the best we can be, you know, as a mom. And also as women who serve in in our leadership in those positions, and oftentimes we may feel like those things are in conflict. We may feel like one is at the expense of the other. We may be counting the cost of our military service or what our job is demanding of us and asking ourselves, is it worth it? And I think especially when we are looking ahead and we're seeing, you know, maybe it's in really intense training on the horizon, or maybe it's time apart, or maybe it is those deployments, we may feel a ton of anxiety or guilt around that. And especially, especially if it feels like our military service or our jobs are coming at the expense of our family and our goals and how we are pouring into our family. And so when it comes to breastfeeding, this is oftentimes the situations we're facing as military moms. So we're going to go through four tips for ways that you can navigate this and how to find more peace even through those difficult dynamics because i've been in your shoes if you're experiencing any of these things i am still walking in your shoes right now i'm i'm wearing the same boots as you and walking into some of these situations even in the upcoming months and i think you know so many of us especially in the military we just long for more autonomy and freedom to actually ensure our time is spent where it matters most and that our life is reflecting our priorities and where we're pouring ourselves out is really for a purpose and it's aligned with God's will for us and we're not sacrificing our family or our faith for our career success or just in order to progress in our jobs. We don't want our family to get our leftovers. Yet many times we do feel backed into these corners like we have to choose between. And so today we're going to talk about this. I'm going to give you four tips to navigate those situations, specifically when it comes to that intersection and the tension between breastfeeding and work, but this really can apply to any situations that you find yourself in. Welcome to Arm to the Heart. Do you want to make an impact as a military mom and be the best mom and leader you can be at the same time? Are you finding yourself stressed and weighed down by guilt with how much of your time your work steals from your family and often worry that they're getting the leftovers of you? Do you feel alone carrying the heavy load of pregnancy, postpartum, of motherhood in uniform, with so many expectations of performing your job, stay physically fit, and such little support? Hey, I'm Megan, and in my early years as an active duty mom in the Army, I was so burnt out, wishing for more time with my baby, the freedom to actually put my family and faith first while still giving my best to the team. And I was giving all I had, but it just never felt like enough. Trying to bounce back quickly, feeling all those pressures to prove myself in a male-dominated unit, trying to manage the home the best of my ability, and keep our marriage strong through so much long distance and dual military life. I just felt like I was falling short in all of it, but especially failing my family. I felt trapped in the army, like I was losing myself in what mattered most along the way and just doubting whether all of those sacrifices were worth it. I finally cried out to God to direct my path and he started showing me that there's a different way to find more balance and more purpose. So in this podcast, you're gonna find time management strategies, holistic health and fitness tips, and mindset transformation so you can find that balance that you long for to be who you're called to be for both your family and your work without having to compromise what's most important. So lace up those boots and put on the armor of God. Let's run this race up before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. 
my tip number one is in those situations where you feel like you have to choose between I want you to really get clear do I actually have to choose between so discern do you actually have no choice or are you being made to feel that way? Is it a perceived lack of choice or is, is it really reality? So what is in your span of control versus not? Are you feeling misaligned in your priorities and is something not sitting right with you? Is that something you can change at all? Or is there any kind of amount of space that you have to make a change? Could you shift your priorities a bit? What is the decision space you actually have to work with, if any? So you know, if we don't have a choice, of course, we're going to want to make the most of the situation we're in, but sometimes there's actually more room than we are made to feel. And I think many times we are made to feel certain ways in the military simply because of the stigmas, because of the culture, because of the expectations of the job, and oftentimes what is associated with success. So for example, you're just told your unit is deploying in your six months postpartum. Do you need to deploy or is deferment an option? So for example, the new policies in the army allow as a default deferment, unless you intentionally choose to waive that deferment period. So first I want you to know you're not alone if you're experiencing these situations because I, I was even thrown into one recently when it comes to field training exercises. We have to make the decision that's right for us and our family. And so maybe you're thinking right now, Megan, let's be honest, I don't actually have a choice. I love what I do. I'm a hard charger. I'm really driven to make an impact. I'm a high performer. I'm a high achiever. I have this strong sense of duty and responsibility to my team. I have this obligation as a leader. I don't want to let anybody down. I want to do my part. You know, I am dedicated to the mission. I want everybody to, to know that. I don't want anybody to be questioning that, right? I want to lead and serve my soldiers and to help strengthen the team. And, and I just worry about leaving other people hanging. No one can really fill in for me. So I have to go on that deployment. And as leaders, we oftentimes do have even higher standards, right? Yes, as leaders, you have higher standards and with higher standards also comes higher stigmas around pregnancy, postpartum, and even putting our family first. And so, you know, I think many of us may feel like, okay, we wanna take time to pump, guilt. Wanna take the deferment instead of participating in field training or that operation or going on that deployment with your unit, guilt. Wanna sit out of a rigorous PT test before your body is as healed as it should be postpartum, or maybe it's an obstacle course, or maybe it's a run with a full battle rattle on, or maybe it's some crazy event that's supposed to be team building, guilt. What is driving this though? What is driving this guilt? It's often that we're worried about perceptions. We're worried about fear of judgment. It's other people's expectations and opinions of us, right? It's this pressure to prove ourselves, to earn respect and credibility from the people around us, to prove we're still dedicated to the team, even though we're a mother, to prove that just because I'm a mother doesn't mean that I'm not strong physically. And it's kind of compensating for that perception of being a liability because we're a mother or because we just had a baby. So it's that pressure to get back out there quickly and bounce back postpartum, you know, that of course we experience in broader society, but it's just amplified in the military. We can all agree on that because it's such a physically demanding profession, but it just makes things a lot harder when we are going through pregnancy and postpartum. And so we oftentimes want to prove that motherhood doesn't affect us, that, you know, it, it doesn't affect our ability to give to the team. And, and we oftentimes let that stigma turn into guilt. And then that turns into shame and we make it mean something about us, you know, or, or we are being made to feel less than because of the culture of our organization or profession. But, you know, when I really have reflected on this over the course of my career, and as I've grown in, in this, I would say just realizing I often worry about what will happen to everyone else and how other people receive me. But oftentimes we do need to take that step back and realize, you know, our family is going to take the hit if we are constantly just letting those things drive our decisions. Because doesn't our family matter more at the end of the day? I mean, it's a hard, the hard truth that we are very replaceable in our work. We are a cog in a machine, you know, and somebody can, will be able to do our job no matter what, no matter how much we give. And 
someday we're gonna have to hang up this uniform no matter how much of our heart soul blood sweat and tears we pour into it no matter how much of our life we gave away or how much we personally sacrificed for the mission and for this organization and yes that sacrifice is incredibly incredibly honorable and i honor you in it but we are irreplaceable to our family and we're replaceable in our job so that's a tough love i'm giving you and also myself very much so as you know i continue to walk this journey so don't let the guilt and those pressures be the main drivers of your decision so let's just say it's a deferment and you're you know looking at you want to keep breastfeeding your baby and you want to you know honor that time when they really need you within this first year postpartum especially and you're looking and like okay should I weigh this deferment or should I should I honor this deferment and you know it's honestly there's very few times that the military is extending protections to mothers right so I, I encourage you to take advantage you know while you can because it's policy for a reason and the military the army whatever it is it's just going to go rolling along that's the truth and so as you're weighing these decisions, stay in integrity, be discerning of what your hierarchy of your priorities is, and set those boundaries where it's needed to protect your family. And this is not a failure. You're not failing your team if you're doing that. And I think in some ways over the short term, we may feel like we're letting the team down, but honestly, it often is giving someone else permission to do the same for their family, to not feel like they have to sacrifice what matters most in the name of career success or in the name of you know, missions that aren't aren't as important as sometimes we make them out to be like a training operation or something like that. So you're often going to know the right decision for you in your heart and you just got to do that gut check and it's going to come down to you standing in in your commitment and not letting anyone else's opinion of your choices change what you know to be true. And so I've really been reflecting on work-life balance in general and what it looks like to do this day in, day out, not just like when we're when it feels like it's on the line with these big situations, but what does it look like to actually have a healthy work-life balance and set healthy boundaries with work in, in the everyday? And through this personal growth journey I've been on and how I guide and coach women through this in both one-on-one -on -one coaching settings and in my programs, I've become just so deeply aware of how burnout and overworking is absolutely Absolutely the norm in the military and the military does such a good job of glamorizing and rewarding this overworking and oftentimes even like workaholism right and making it normal to sort of ignore or put our family last because of the job it's okay to acknowledge we have an important job to do and yes the job is important the mission is important our organization our profession matters it's so important and it's honorable and we want to do the best that we can while we're there right at work and when we're pouring ourselves out for the team but it's also good and healthy to have boundaries so our families get the attention they deserve from us too the military is unique and you know there are other jobs i would say who do this too but the military is one where a lot of people seem to think that career does take priority over family and that's the culture, that's the underlying narrative. And this is toxic. This is misguided. And our kids do need us. It is this culture of constantly grinding, of running at a very fast pace continuously. And our work often does dictate our whole life. And that's why many of us feel like we're always on duty. You know, we're always on duty as a mom. But then you add that to feeling like you're always on duty from your work. And it's a lot. And these are the heavy loads that we're bearing as women who serve. And so feeling like we have to put our family second to be successful and progress our, in our careers as a female leader that is what's causing the guilt. It's it's giving all we have to our profession and our family having to bend over backwards and getting leftovers of us after feel like we have to give even more than 100%, right, to be enough in our service. And no wonder we're exhausted and burnt out repeatedly, right, especially when we already have strong work, work ethics, we're already high performers, we already feel this pressure to work even harder as women, and we're also passionate about what we do. We want to give our best, and people know they can rely on us. We'll get the job done. But then we, we are left kind of in that burnout wondering okay when is it too much you know is this truly worth it and so i've just been in this place of really taking that step back and reflecting on how can i be part of the change i want to see and 
showing people in the military that it's okay to prioritize our mental health. It's okay to prioritize our physical health in an integrated way, our holistic health, right? Not just constantly burning ourselves out as leaders, as top performers. We don't have to treat everyone as cogs in this machine. If we want to truly put people first, like we say we want to in the army and in the military as a whole, we have to do it differently. We have to lead by example in this. And so it starts with simple things of not feeling guilty for taking a break to eat your lunch, not feeling like you have to respond 24 seven to emails, you know, out of outside of normal work hours um, or expecting other people to either. It's, it is giving yourselves permission and other people permission too to step away from medical appointments for you or for your kids or saying, you know, it's okay to stay home with them when they're sick and setting that different culture so that we feel like we don't have to measure how committed we are by how late we're staying in the office or how many hours outside of our normal work we are willing to work, right? And so as leaders, we set the tone. We set the tone by our expectations and we set the tone by how we are leading by example. And so I always ask myself, you know, am I going to conform to the culture around me or am I going to be willing to carve a different path and shape it for the better? And so part of my why as a mother in uniform, at least this is what it is for me as long as God continues to call me to serve. And I don't know how long that'll be, but we will see. It's not only making a difference in the army, but helping other women to find a better balance and other leaders to find a better balance so we don't have to feel forced to choose between our families and our careers so that we can, I think this is a huge part of retaining our talented women so we're not afraid to recommend military service to our daughters someday. So we can be proud of our service to include both the sacrifices that we made when they really do truly matter instead of feeling resentful about all that is stole from us because I think that's the other side of the coin. And many people, you know, hang up the uniform with a lot of regrets and I don't want that to be me and I don't want that to be you. And so just another simple example of, you know, this first tip that I have of, you know, where are we, we, do we really have more decision space than we feel like we do is I was supporting a postpartum mom yesterday and she's one of my good friends and she's very early on postpartum with her first baby and she's an Apache helicopter pilot in the army and her goals are to get back to flying quickly postpartum. And one of her concerns as she kind of works through you know, these situations that she's looking, you know, staring down in the future is she wants to earn pilot and command. She wants to work towards that. And there's a lot of field training that is necessary for that. There's a lot of gates that she's got to progress into, right? And so she's, okay, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to continue pumping. I'm not sure if it's going to be worth it or feasible, or if it's just going to be too much stress and too hard logistically while she's doing gunnery training, while she's doing this, these long flight hours, it's already very demanding to do all that she's going to have to do. It's a lot of demanding situations as she both trains and performs and validates these requirements as a pilot. And so I encouraged her to take this pressure off of herself right now because she's just in her first couple of weeks postpartum. And I was like, you don't have to make this decision now. You know, it may not be feasible or worth it in the future, but it also could be. And it, it may not feel possible right now, but it absolutely is. And things can also change as you get closer and you're going to know then what's right for you and your family. You're going to know what the best decision is. And I don't want you to feel like already defeated, right? Or like you are already forced to choose between or like you have to stop because as you get closer, you may feel ready to wean, but you also might not. And the army shouldn't be making that decision for you. It is truly up to you. You know, you deserve support to make it work if you do want to continue. And it's not going to be easy, but it could be possible and it could be worth it. And that is your right by policy to be supported in that if that's what you want to do. And the other situation that came up with her is that there's no lactation room in her aircraft hangar right now. And, you know, she was describing the kind of situation is, okay, there's low resources, there's barely any other spaces, there's just a supply closet that's filled with dirty brooms and lots of chemicals. And so they've kind of sat on creating this lactation room. You know, she was mentioning, oh, well, it's very, it's barely anybody who really needs it. I think that's what we tend to do. We kind of downplay the need because we're like, oh, we're just the only one. So, you know, it, it's, 
such a burden if we want to ask for this accommodation because everyone else has to bend over backwards for just our need. But then I kind of pressed around a little bit more and I learned, okay, there's a warrant officer who's pumping right now. There are also several junior soldiers who are pumping, but they have no space. And so this is not okay. It's not okay if it's one person, but it's especially not okay if it's multiple people. And yes, it is challenging. And it's especially hard when we're in those weird environments when maybe it's a motor pool or maybe you're in a hangar and you're away from most office buildings in a traditional sense. It is challenging, but it is also required for the commander to provide that space according to policy. And so I was advising her on how to initiate those conversations to advocate for everyone, not just herself. It's hard because it's never really been provided in the past. And, you know, I was encouraging her too it's very significant because it's not only for them but also for the future women who come behind women are looking at their example and determining if they feel forced to choose between or if they feel forced to give up before they're ready because they're looking and seeing okay well these women are not getting the support that they should be getting when they return to work postpartum and so it's just going to be too hard i you know i really don't even have a choice because they aren't getting the support. So why would I get the support? So all that to say, you got to fight for yourself. You got to fight for the other women. You got to fight for the women who follow too. And again, in this situation, it's one where you may not feel like you have a choice, but to wean or to not pump when you're returning to work because that support is not by default there, but you do deserve that support. And you do have a choice because that's your right and you're owed that time and space to pump. And that is protected by policy. And so I want to give you that example because Again, there's many situations where we feel like we're forced to choose between because that support is not automatically there, but it doesn't mean that it can't be if you advocate for it and you can push you can push a little bit more so that you have more of the choice that you were deserved from the get-go. That is your right and you're owed that. Consider the precedent that is being set right now and pre- consider the impact you want to make. So take those opportunities you're afforded and don't feel bad about those accommodations. They're there because they're deserved because the military at the end of the day has also deemed that they do make enough sense, even though sometimes it is hard to balance with the mission. It makes enough sense to codify into policy and so you know, we're never going to normalize these accommodations or policies if we're never willing to even allow ourselves to take them as leaders. And if we are unwilling to take them as leaders, then how can we give other people permission to do the same who are junior, junior service members, you know, who are looking to our example and the women who follow as well. And we may be the first, we may be the only woman, we may be really paving this path and you know, breaking down these barriers, but it's a good thing and it's necessary. And so women who are looking to our example who may not even have kids yet are learning what it takes to be successful as a woman who serves and as a mother who serves it sometimes starts with us being courageous and sometimes making tough decisions and having hard conversations and sometimes even being willing to take the hit for the women who follow but i want to also give you a disclaimer when it comes to taking a hit If you feel like you're experiencing too much pushback or you're not getting support or you're experiencing even retribution, maybe it's perceptions that are then impacting your officer evaluation report, or maybe it's you are feeling like you're not really receiving opportunities because you're a mother just simply because of that. And you're like, you're kind of reading between the lines. And I want you to also know that you have the right to go to equal opportunity to go to the um, judge advocate general, go to inspector general. They're there to support you too and to make sure that there is not unfair discrimination on the basis of pregnancy and postpartum. That is a DOD policy. There are protections for equal opportunity now embedded into policy for pregnancy and that extends through postpartum. And so I want you to know that too. It's part of the gender-based non-discrimination policies. As one of the women who work day in and day out to help change these policies, to give moms more chances to be with their babies and to be able to pump when you return to work, I want you to know I even feel torn sometimes, you know, and and I was on the, the leading edge of being one of the people who's writing these advocacy efforts. 
I just want you to know you're not alone in this and it's really hard, but you can do this. And it's tough, especially for all of us who are wired to be the best that we can be at everything that we do, especially, you know, even in our jobs as leaders and also as mothers, but we're never going to regret putting our family first. And you won't regret being strong about your boundaries and advocating for yourself and for your family and for the women who follow and what you will and won't accept. And so if leaders are guilting you or shaming you for those things or for the choices you're making or for the ways that you're, you know, standing up, then they're probably not good leaders anyways. You know, they may be toxic leaders and honestly don't let their opinion matter at the end of the day. Like it shouldn't be dictating your life and your decisions. And if they're not leaders who are supporting you, they're probably not leaders that you really want to follow. And yes, we're going to be asked and not always told, sometimes told, but, but also asked to make sacrifices. And so only agree to the ones that are going to allow you to sleep at night. You know, there are many moments when I have felt forced to choose between and I've succumbed to that. And there's also many moments when I've stood up and I've, I've chosen my family in, in little ways and also big ways over what the army may see as best. But I also don't want to be one of those people who someday hangs up the uniform and feels that regret uh, because I see so many senior senior officers, senior leaders making these comments in LPDs where I can read between the lines and I can see that the cost of their career success was their family. The cost of them progressing to that rank that they're in has been their marriage and their family. And I hear those, those little things that they say, those kind of rem- in their remarks or in their answers to Q&A or whatever it is. And I'm like, that is not going to be me. I do not want that to be me. If I know that someday it's like, I have to choose between my family and the army, I'm going to be choosing my family. And I, and I think you probably would too, right? So regulation is regulation. It's there for a reason, right? Sometimes we do have to advocate for even just the change at the ground level, but it feels like we're getting little traction. So the best thing we can do is to just keep pushing, keep pushing in the little ways and focus on policy implementation at your level because the policy's already changed. Now we have to help the culture catch up with policy. So prioritizing quality time as a family to make sure that women do have the freedom to continue pumping if that's what they want to do when they return to work, to continue their breastfeeding journey as long as they desire to. That needs to become accepted and normalized rather than us fearing reprisal or fearing this, you know, judgment or punishment or all the stigmas, right? That was kind of long-winded for the very first one, but it's so important. When you ask yourself those questions, clarify what you do have a choice in and that decision space you can work with. And sometimes it does take pushing pushing more to expand that decision space. Does that make sense? The second one here is mindset. So maybe you don't really have a choice. Maybe you do have to deploy because you're outside of that deferment window. You can't always choose what happens to us and what the mission requires sometimes, but we can always choose how we respond. And so in between what is thrown at us and our response is where our freedom lies. So mindset is a big part of this. So I want you to ask yourself a few things here. Is your choice being driven by all those external pressures? Are we weighing this simply by the calculus of what's going to allow career success, what's going to help us stay in good standing in everybody else's eyes, what's going to be the traditional path of success, what has everyone else done to be successful? Are we making our decisions based on those external pressures or those even external material things, or are we weighing it based on what matters for eternity? At the end of the day, we're not here to work for or to please man, but we're here to work for and do everything for God's glory. And I have to remind myself that sometimes when I feel so bogged down by all of these things in the army, and so, you know, where are we letting all those shoulds dictate our decisions and take away our freedom? Is there a deeper freedom that God wants to give us to carve a different path, even if there may be a worldly cost in some ways? So ask God to help you, guide you in your priorities, to make it really clear, you know, what decision he wants you to make, and also how to work within the confines of where we might not have a choice, right? And then to help you to trust him if there is going to be a sacrifice, if there's going to be a cost, if you're worried about career impacts or the impacts of your family. Ask God to show you, you know, what's going to matter in one year, in five years, 15 years from now. What would you regret? What would you be proud of? 
What would you be grateful for, even if it was a hard choice to make at the time? What's going to be most worth it? And then what's going to support that long-term vision? What choice can you make now? What small choices every day and what big choice when you're facing these hard situations could you make? And that's going to give you more confidence in your decision, even when it takes courage. And also the other aspect of mindset, a really a biblical mindset here is where can you trust God more? Where can you trust him more in the outcome? Where can you trust him more in letting go of control somewhere? Where can you trust him more in surrendering those anxieties and fears of what's going to happen? if you initiate that hard conversation or what's going to happen if you prioritize your family in some way. And anytime God asks us to sacrifice something, he rewards us with gifts that are far greater. My son is the utmost example of this for me because it was an unexpected pregnancy that was a huge career cost and I gave up a global graduate scholarship that I had competed for and earned and I also was then delayed in my career progression because I couldn't go to that scholarship but I also couldn't progress in my career because there was a policy in place that didn't allow me to attend my requirements because of pregnancy and it has since been changed because it was deemed discriminatory it's one of those things that yes at the time I was forced to choose between but the army then looked and reevaluated and was like hey this is one of those situations where it is discriminatory. And so now again, that decision space is is expanding. That's the point of us advocating for all these policy changes. It's so that we have less situations where we feel unfairly like we have to choose between, you know, our career and our family and our health. But there are still those stigmas that we're up against now, right? So in that moment, yes, I did sacrifice certain opportunities in my career and then certain progression and certain timelines and all those things. But God has just been so faithful through that. And like, there's nothing that outweighs the gift of my son in that new life. I mean, no matter how hard it was, no matter how terrified I was when I found out that I was pregnant, no matter how I had no idea what the army was going to do with me, I was so afraid I was going to disappoint everybody. I was so yeah, just so many mixed emotions, um, simultaneously with, with the gratitude for the gift that is, wow, God has entrusted me with this baby. And that's a huge, huge blessing, even though it's a huge responsibility. Right. And so, yeah, he's going to provide, he's going to provide, he has you and your family in his hands and he cares for you and he knows all of your cares too. So control what you can control and surrender the rest to him. And then also when it comes to controlling what we can control, it's also a matter of discerning what are we called a steward and then how can we give the rest back to God? So just entrusting the rest to him or to, even to other people. So in our absence, maybe if we are going to take a deferment, you know, when our team is doing field training, like right now, this weekend, I just got to the duty station and I had a very short notice for a field training exercise. And so guess what? According to the policy, now I'm sort of protected from enacting a long-term family care plan. Right now, my unit is operating on 24-7 duty. I am not because it was too short of a notice to require me to do that. And yes, I could have bent over backwards and figured out care for my kids, but that's not the right answer. And if I want to set the precedent for other women who are both in my formation and the women who follow, then the right thing to do is to make sure to stand my ground, right? And to advocate for my family in that. And for me, it was more so advocating for other people, not just for me. And so, yeah, I'm just in this with you. I want you to know that part of it right now is not just entrusting this to the Lord, right? But it's also entrusting this to my team and and knowing that they're going to be okay without me and that some of that is surrendering my pride, but it's also trusting them that they're going to be all right and that you know, I'm going to go and give my best as soon as I get there for the time that I'm there. And then I'm going to come home and love my family when they have the opportunity to do that. And that's good. And that's where God wants me to be. And that's where he wants you to be too. So who are the people he's placed in your life that you can lean on, that you can build a village around, right? And let others help share your burdens and carry the load. And how can you also let Jesus carry your, lighten your load? He wants to do that himself, but he also wants to do that through other people. So where can you ask for help and lean on others? 
All right, so that's number two is, is your mindset and not just mindset in letting go of worldly opinions and all those kinds of things, but also where can we trust more and give more to God? And then number three is in those situations where we really don't have a choice in those places where we have little space to change things. If our circumstances feel really crappy or things feel really out of our control, how can you make the most of the situation given that? I want you to ask, how can you still honor your priorities in the best ways possible in spite of that? What simple shifts could you make to protect what matters most to you, to protect your family, to continue to um, honor your journey in the ways that you can, if it's, you know, breastfeeding or something like that in particular, so I encourage you to open your perspective to see how it might not be as much of an either or or an all or nothing thing as, as you might believe it to be. So that way it allows more room for both for the coexisting identities or priorities. So if you, let's just say you are going on a deployment, how can you prioritize quality time in the ways that you can? How can you prioritize meaningful connection with your child to do little things to help them know you love and care for them, even when you're missing them so much? Maybe, you know, something simple that I know a lot of, a lot of people do is like recording you reading a book or their favorite book that they can then watch when you're away. Um, how can you maybe touch base with them on a basis that based on whatever your security situation looks like there and your um, signal looks like, can you connect with them via FaceTime or some other secure form of communication? But at the end of the day, don't feel guilty if and when you do feel called to choose your family over your job. The military will go rolling along without us. And then also when you do have to, sometimes your family will have to take somewhat of a hit, right? Because of the mission, because the mission is important in those moments, you know, when we have to deploy and those kinds of things, you are doing an important job and your family will be okay also. And I don't want you to feel like a bad mom because of that too. It's like both sides of the coin. It goes both ways. And then with breastfeeding in particular, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. So for example, I had a friend who is navigating, I, and I coached her through her postpartum journey as well in a few different capacities, and it was such joy. And she was going through this situation with breastfeeding where she was entering a new job. She had two little ones she was balancing. And so many of us in her situation too, we're, we're all balancing these demanding jobs and we can have a hard time fitting in pumping sessions and it can be super stressful. And so for her, it was not only affecting her supply, but also her mental health. And so she was kind of looking for like work-life balance uh, advice. And she was getting back to work after having her second baby. Her husband had just gotten back from deployment. She had PCS across the country, bought a new house. You know, she's one of, in one of the most demanding jobs in her career so far. And all of this was happening super quickly, right? And she had made this commitment to herself. She wanted to breastfeed her, her daughter for at least a year. Her previous journey, when she was breastfeeding her first, her husband was deployed and she was in a big career tra transition and had no family backup. And she she had decided to stop at five months and in some ways she almost wanted to she was like I want to make it longer um because I feel like I can you know and then and after being in the job for less than a month already she was feeling this huge strain to fit pumping ses sessions in amidst the job and to get home in time to see her her girls before they go to bed and to have quality time as a family and she was at this huge sort of decision point she felt like of is pumping even worth it takes all these hours out of my work day to do it takes me away from work and then it makes me stay there longer it makes it harder to get back home to my family so she's like trying to decide right what she can adjust and what she needs to accept and how she can keep her putting her family first while still doing her best at the shop and it's like is this even manageable anymore to keep pumping and so she's like okay i need some tips i need some personal experiences i really want to do what's best for my family and my baby girl but i really can't see a win on either side I think it's such an example that so many of us find ourselves in this place, right? We don't want to end before we feel ready, before our baby feels ready, but we have these intense expectations we put on ourselves and this mom guilt either way. At the heart of it, we just need to do what's best for us and our family. You are not a failure if you choose to or if you're not able to continue to breastfeed. And I I just want to say that first and foremost, and I talked about this in one of my previous episodes, one of the first in the series, you don't have to let it mean anything about how good of a mom you are. 
listen to episode 53 if you haven't already. It can be so hard and stressful to manage both. And I think so many of us can go into these really dark places in our mental health because we're, we're seeing our ability to produce milk or how long we stick with breastfeeding as a measure of our worth as a mother. And it's already hard and stressful enough to begin with managing both. And I don't want it to become even more stressful and cause you to spiral into more anxiety and guilt around it because of how deeply you're tying your worth to it. I'm saying this from the perspective of somebody who absolutely did this to myself the first time around and it was a huge regret it stole some of so much of my joy in my journey and i think so many of us don't realize that we're doing this to ourselves and also we don't realize that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing i had no idea that it was an option the first time around to either do formula for a certain period of time while still breastfeeding it doesn't have to be a black and white all or nothing thing you can still breastfeed and pump and add in formula feeds if pumping has become too much or you've determined it's not really as worth it for you you don't have to be tied to the absolute you can be proud of yourself for making it as far as you have and also get over that mental hurdle of allowing yourself to be totally okay with giving your baby formula and there's nothing wrong with that and it's good and at the end of the day you know it can feel like this huge struggle mentally it doesn't have to be an either or it doesn't have to be black and white And so you can have these options of transitioning to formula during the workday as a way to lighten your load so you can stop pumping during those time frames and breastfeed still in the mornings and at night and resume nursing when you get home and on the weekends, right? And many moms have done this and it's taken a big weight off their shoulders. And so maybe it's an option to allow more flexibility without compromising for you without it being a a full either or. And it could give you more bandwidth during those workdays to get your footing in a new job or get your footing in a job that's super demanding when you're returning to work from maternity leave or reduce the overwhelm that could be there right? It could help you show up maybe as the best mom and wife you can be because a less stressed mom is ultimately the best for the whole family, right? So that's one one option. The other option is, okay, no, Megan, I really want to keep breastfeeding and I, I, get, I get you. I'm in that same boat. So another option is to let your leadership know you need more support. And so some have seen success with this, including me, is communicating to your team and to your leaders that, hey, here's my breastfeeding goals. I know this is going to be really hard. It's really hard to manage this demanding job. I know we've got a lot on our plates as a team and personally, and so I'm going to need your support and I'm going to need your understanding of my schedule and I'm going to need you to encourage me to take the time to pump when I'm having a hard time fitting it in during the day. Just You're just enlisting their support and understanding and everyone has their own comfort levels, but after doing this for a while, I've become super open about talking about this and t- talking about when I need to take time to pump I'm like okay I'm having a hard time fitting it in today and I'm I already know my body's going to be bearing the brunt of that I'm going to be getting really uncomfortable here so I need you guys to remind me in about an hour when I'm really engrossed in my work here that I need to go take time to pump you know for example sometimes certain missions you're going to have to talk to your team about how you're going to make it work right and come up with a plan together if you're going to the field if you're going to be out for the day in weird operations if you're going to have extended hours those kinds of things I don't really care who I tell where I'm going what I'm doing because they should know if it's going to affect them and if they're uncomfortable with you talking about it it's on them it's not on you gain that confidence little by little and normalize the conversations and you're going to see it also take pressure off of you a bit because that transparent communication leaves less room for misinterpretation leaves less room for the stigmas because you're destigmatizing it with every time you talk about it so i want you to really be encouraged not to feel guilty in those moments when you're seeking that balance that's right for you or when you are setting those boundaries and when you're you're trying to stick with it you know work is always going to be there it's it will always be there there will always be more work to do no matter what no matter how hard we work no matter how many hours we pour into it no matter how much of our lunch break we sacrifice no matter how much of you know our pumping breaks that we sacrifice and so there's always going to be more to do and it's never quite going to be enough we just have to set those boundaries where they need to be to protect our family to protect our mental health to protect our physical health and to be able to sustain the level of generosity that's required 
in military service and, and also in giving our family our best. And when it comes to you know fitting it in in the workday, just try to schedule your pumping around transition periods. And also it may work for some. If you have a wearable pump, a mobile pump, that could be a way to help, you know, when it comes to maybe flying while pumping, or maybe it's in a field while pumping, or maybe it's, you know, you don't have to miss as much work if you're, you know, sitting at your desk working with a wearable pump. And that could work if you're on shifts and those kinds of things too. And so at the end of the day, you know, you can have those conversations. You can kind of find a way that options that work for you. There's lots of options. It doesn't have to be all or nothing and expand that decision space for yourself, right? Expand your level of freedom in making this, these choices to, to make it less of, I have to choose it or it's an either or here. And speaking with your team matters, speaking with your leaders matters, making sure they're following the regulations to support you, it matters. And and then just choosing what's best for your family and for you at the end of the day, you're gonna know what's worth it and you're the only one who gets to make that decision. What you choose is ultimately up to you, but remember breastfeeding is also a two-way street and it has to work for both of you. So you know you can mentally and physically handle and it's never easy, it's never convenient. You know, we're never really gonna feel like there's enough time to step away from work to pump, but we can. And only you get to decide what works best for you and your little one. So I'm sending you a lot of love and hugs and you're doing great. I know how hard of a choice this is. Don't beat yourself up. Just do what's best for you and your kids. And no matter what you choose, no matter how your baby is fed, you are still a great mom. And I want you to know that you're exactly the mom that your babies need and that God has designed for your little ones. The last tip that I have for you, number four, permission to feel it all. There's a lot of mixed emotions here. It's going to feel bittersweet anytime that we're waiting, no matter how long we've, we've kind of stuck it out in our journey, no matter how easy or hard or complicated it's been. It's a mixture of both relief because our body's becoming more our own again. We're not tied to the pump or, you know, we're, we're not tied as much to our babies. There's, there's this freedom that comes with it in this new stage, but it's also this sadness, this disappointment, this heartbreak of babies don't keep and that's hard. And then there's also the hormonal changes that come that can take some time to level out when we stop breastfeeding and when we wean. There's less oxytocin production. And again, the oxytocin, as I've been talking about, is this feel-good hormone. And that may lead to more blues and more feel feeling more down than usual. It may even lead to a hormonal imbalance that can cause an onset of postpartum depression or anxiety or increase your propensity for that if that's something that you've struggled with. And so I want you to just be mindful of that and allow yourself the space to process all of the mixed emotions. It's always a good reminder my coach gives me all the emotions can exist at the same time. The hard, the positive, the negative, the joy, the sorrow, all the things, they all deserve to be seen. They're all valid and you can hold space for both and all of them. Let them all be there. Let them be felt. Let them be seen. Let them be released. And that's how we process them. Managing our emotions isn't so much about stuffing them down or just pushing through them. I think that's the narrative we get, especially as military women or as, as mothers. We're like, ah, oh, being strong means pushing through. But no, it's part of the human experience to feel and to feel deeply. And God wants us to feel and feel deeply. And man, we feel deeply as mothers, right? And it's a beautiful and a hard thing. And I have a lot of mixed emotions around some time that I'm going to have coming up where I've got to be away from my babies and my family in, in a few months. And I'm personally still discerning, what am I going to do when I get to that point, when I'm leaving for this TDY mission for two and a half months, for this training course where I'm going to be in Maryland and my kids are going to be here in Texas with my husband. And William's going to be 18 months in. And I'm not putting pressure on myself to make a decision yet, but I'm leaning towards Probably, again, getting to an example of it doesn't have to be an either or, just pumping once a day while I'm away in the evening to maintain my body's ability to nurse him when we do come back together if I decide I want to keep that up. Or maybe I'm going to you know, ship some frozen milk his way. The new joint travel regulation authorizes breast milk as a reimbursable expense. And so if anybody's in that boat of having to travel because of your mission, that could be a great option for you. Shipping milk could be an option to keep going when you're apart. And again, depending on how long you're going to be away. 
I want you to feel at peace either way. I know this has been probably a hard journey, no matter what for you, but it's also maybe been full of joys and, and beautiful aspects of it too, and hopefully rewarding. But I want you to just take pressure off of yourself. I, I know I put so much pressure on myself the first time because I felt like it was going to be a failure if I stopped and you're not a failure a small simple idea just to leave you with at the end here is if you want to do something to, to kind of cherish your breastfeeding journey as it is ending and sometimes it's hard to find that closure i just want to give you an idea of something that i did that really was beautiful for me i i sent in breast milk to a custom jewelry designer who does breast milk jewelry and this beautiful beautiful ring out of breast milk and it's so special to me it's preserved it basically is preserved breast milk and it means so much it's this amazing keepsake that represents the bond that I have with my son and the determination that it took and so much of my military motherhood journey and it helped me experience more closure as I was weaning him to prepare for my next baby because I was pregnant and it was starting to get painful and I was like I want to give my body a little bit of a break before I'm nursing a newborn around the clock again but it was hard at the same time it's always hard no matter what and so those are my four tips for you as you navigate these situations with breastfeeding in the military or or beyond that you know any times that you feel forced to choose between or feel torn or like your journey's ending before you're ready it's really hard but it's important at the end of the day that we follow our values either way there's those moments we're going to feel frustrated because we feel like we're forced to choose between but i hope today's tips helped empower you that you have more freedom than you may feel that you do our freedom doesn't exist in our circumstances our freedom exists in the peace that's always available to us and the free will that we have and how we choose to respond to those circumstances that is what i help you do in coaching is to sort through you know what do you actually have freedom in that you feel like you don't and there's external pressures, but there's also those internal pressures we're placing on ourselves. So you get to decide how you make time for what's most important to you and how you do that in the confines of what your schedule looks like. A lot of those demands that those ways that your schedule is not your own as a military mom, right? So carve out space for prayer and reflection. Ask Jesus to speak to you in this and ask him to help you untangle some of those knots of those expectations and the weight of those burdens he really doesn't intend for you to carry. He's guiding you every single step of the way. So whether it's in the military or whether it's in other areas of your life that feel you feel like you have to choose between maybe God doesn't want you to. And please, please, please do not hesitate to reach out to me if I can support you in any way. If you want to do a discovery call, I would love to just see if this would be a good fit to work together in coaching. I can help you in, you know, even just one or two or three coaching sessions. We can work through some of these situations that you're up against. And then I can also give you some insight into what it could look like for a longer coaching relationship. If you would like something like three month or a six month coaching journey in a one-on-one -on -one capacity, I'd love to support you to just help you find more balance in your military motherhood or in your work-life balance in whatever shape that's taking for you in this season of your life. All right. Well, I love you, my friend, and I pray that this bless you.